sports story everyone's talking about today is just moments away. So call or text us right now at 573-875-KTGR and make your voice heard. This is The Big Show with Andy and Brendan on KTGR. Second hour of the program. Thanks for tuning in to The Big Show on ESPN 100.5 and 105.1 KTGR, your total sports station in mid-Missouri. Thanks for tuning in online at KTGR.com and on the KTGR app. It's Andy and Brendan here. We're talking Chiefs Dolphins next. Who you got and why you got them. That'll be at 5.05. Special guest number two joining us at 5.25, the voice of the Cardinals, John Rooney. We'll get his thoughts on the upcoming Cardinals caravan in mid-Missouri this weekend and on the start of the 2024 season. And uh, no show tomorrow, so we'll have our picks of the week one day early. That'll be at 5.45. Brendan and I will... Give our picks. Chris will, I guess, get his chance to make his picks later as we go head-to-head-to-head once again. 875-KTGR to call or text us. But first, it's 5 o'clock. It's time for the Top 5 at 5 on the Big Show, number 1. You want to trade away for curtain number 1? You can have curtain number 1. I think this is pretty important news for the Kansas City Chiefs. They're going to have Donovan Smith back at left tackle for the wildcard round playoff game against the Dolphins on Saturday night. He had a full practice on Thursday. Andy Reid stating that he'll be good to go back in at left tackle. And it's a good thing, too, because Wanya Morris not expected to be available for this game as he is in the concussion protocol. So you didn't have the backup option that you used last week for a spell and Luckily, you're getting Donovan Smith back. I think it's huge for Patrick Mahomes to have him. We'll see whether the Chiefs are able to get that offense back and humming. You should listen to it Saturday night, 96-7 KCMQ. Number two. Number two. Your timing is impeccable. Baseball news is the Cardinals agree to contracts with a number of arbitration-eligible players, five to be exact, Dylan Carlson, JoJo Romero, Andrew Kittredge, John King, and closer Ryan Helsley, but not, notably, Tommy Edmond. The Cardinals now will exchange salary figures with Edmond ahead of the potential for an arbitration hearing later on this winter, as we've recalled from past examples with guys like Jack Flaherty, Ryan Helsley, and Tyler O'Neill, sometimes these things can be uncomfortable, but the Cardinals weren't able to settle with Edmund to this point. They technically can still do so, but in recent years, they've been willing to go to these awkward, uncomfortable trials. Number three. Well, we did our part in lending toward another Mizzou men's basketball, or I'm sorry, women's basketball upset over South Carolina because today we had Brad Trinago on the show. And two years ago when that was the case, Mizzou took down top-ranked South Carolina at Mizzou Arena. And now they get another chance to do so tonight. Kind of crazy to think that South Carolina hasn't lost a regular season game since that happened. Maybe Mizzou could pull off another stunner tonight. Number four. Oh, oh it shanked it. And ho-hum for Mizzou Wrestling with another dual win. They're 7-0 on the season in dual play, but the way they did it at a top 25 program in Stanford, 39-0. Yeah, a shutout. Stanford didn't earn a point as one of the best programs in the nation kept doing what they do. Tiger style, baby. Number five. What is the foul, man? Say to the face. A day after Nick Saban retires, Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft reportedly agree that Belichick shouldn't be back in New England next year. For the first time in 24 years, the Patriots will need a new head coach. But unlike Saban, it doesn't sound like Belichick is done coaching. Where he lands will end up being the question of this round of the NFL coaching carousel. It's going to get wild. 
That's the Big Show's Top 5 at 5 on KTGR. 875-KTGR, if you want to call or text us here on the show. I mean, so many things that can change in and change out as far as where Bill Belichick simply wants to, to go and coach. And I'm sure there are no shortage of NFL teams that would change their plans entirely to make that happen. I hope it's a, a current playoff team. That would be the most astounding outcome because it's a guy that, you know, maybe underachieves with a roster that's that's quality, um, and, and that team decides, you know, we can't afford to wait anymore, and Bill Belichick is sitting here with a, maybe a handful of years that he's willing to continue coaching, and the time is now to find the best possible candidate that we can to make the most of our roster. That, to me, would be the best fit for Belichick, first of all, and probably the best fit for whatever team that's in the playoffs underachieving, whether it's with a Sean McDermott or a Mike McCarthy, whichever team happens to take a chance on him, um, I think would be fascinating to see. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens next uh, with with all of that. And also, yeah, Mizzou Wrestling, buzzsaw. I just unbelievable. They go to a top 20 team. They're ranked, yeah. They're ranked. <laughs> I saw this. They're going, I was like... they're going to the other coast, and they're taking – none of their wrestlers lost. Mizzou had 10 wrestlers wrestle 10 wrestlers for Stanford, and not a single Stanford wrestler won their match. You don't see that in top 25 matchups. You don't. I I got to say, like, look, uh, I don't know who's number one right now. I would guess it's either Iowa or Penn State or somebody like that. Just saying, whoever makes those rankings, rethink that this week. That's all I'm saying. I think it's reasonable. Rethink I think that. it's reasonable. To, rethink to that number two next to Mizzou and think maybe it should be a little bit better. 875-KTGR, give us a call or a text. All right, who you got, Chiefs or Dolphins this weekend? Great news, by the way. Uh, Donovan Smith. In that's huge yeah huge it was gonna have to do you're gonna have to have some shuffling around the offensive line if that wasn't the case but he is back had a full practice today didn't miss practice really all this week and should be good to go so i it's obviously helping the chiefs to steady their offense and hopefully give them a chance to operate but the question now becomes is this Chiefs team going to operate the way that we've expected them to all season long? And time and again, it has not come to fruition for whatever reason. And, I mean, most of the reasons have been wide receivers finding new ways to, to hurt the team, as Tony Romo says. But, um, but I mean, it's it all comes down to that. Because I think the foundation's there for the Chiefs to have a solid win against a team that they match up well with, from what I can tell. And... It, they should be playing next weekend. It just is a matter of whether or not they're going to stay out of their own way. And it's interesting because when the lines came out for the game and I saw the Chiefs were favored by three and a half, I thought, I don't know. I even said earlier this week, I might be on the other side of that. I could see two and a half. I'd take the Chiefs, you know, win by a field goal. But it's hard to trust in this offense right now, believing in the defense, certainly, but knowing that Miami has the ability to put up points as well. And I know that the environment is going to be bitterly cold. That's going to have an impact on maybe what the passing games can do. But at the same time, I was still thinking, I don't know if I can really have the Chiefs be heavily favored and, and feel comfortable with that. 
The line is now moved to Kansas City minus four and a half. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's that crazy that the the assurance that you're going to have your left tackle, the guy that you want to have out there, healthy and ready to go for this game, does is that enough to have pushed it the way that it the way that it has gone? I, maybe that's not too crazy, Andy, but I don't know. I still feel like this is going to be one of those tight games, probably a somewhat ugly game, and the Chiefs are going to have to be tougher than the Dolphins in the elements and be a little bit more capable of executing their style of offense because we know that the Dolphins can beat you in multiple ways. They can run the ball. We don't know exactly who's going to be healthy for them yet, but they're going to have a good run game and obviously a dynamic passing game. But for the Chiefs, like, what's your bread and butter going to be offensively, and can you move the ball? And then once you move it, can you turn red zone opportunities into touchdowns? Can you finish? Because in that game against the Dolphins in Germany, they didn't really do a great job of finishing off drives, and if not for the the, the crazy lateral by a defensive player and Brian Cook takes off for the touchdown, like maybe that game goes differently in Frankfurt. The Chiefs have got to be better offensively, more consistent, and then get home on these drives, finish them out uh, the way that we have come to expect over the years a Patrick Mahomes-led offense to do. Yeah, it, it all comes down to that. Can you put pressure on your opponent right as they come into your place and not make them feel welcome? You got you to gotta put it on them early. And I would be shocked. I mean, the Chiefs usually defer. This would be a game where I maybe consider taking the ball first. I don't know. I don't know about that. I would, I, I still I don't think want that Dolphins offense to have some some early. Uh, no, but you look. If you're afraid of the Dolphins offense, you've already lost the Chiefs. What were the What was the reason that they had the success that they did have this year? It wasn't Mahomes and the offense. It was the defense. That's yeah. the best part of this team this year. And while it would be nice to see that level out and balance out a little bit at some point through these playoffs, because I think it will have to if the Chiefs are going to repeat as Super Bowl champions. I, it still has to come from the defense, though. And so that's the the unit I want on the field first. Don't do it in the way that uh, Jair Alexander tried to do it with the Packers and said, I want the defense Good out there. Lord, no, you man. still have to say oh, defer. Ugh. You still you do. You have to say I defer. It grinds my gear sure. so much. <laughs> it's like, so ah. dumb, dude. He's a goon. He's a goon. But anyway, no, it is super dumb. Don't let him anywhere near that coin toss for a playoff game, Packers. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And Jerry World, don't do it. Don't. Although don't, someone's got to have him under lock second. and key. I'm trying to remember. Didn't Mike McCarthy do this one time? I don't know if he went out the coin toss, but I think he maybe it told happened. him Mike defense. I'm pretty sure it happened to Mike yeah. McCarthy once. Uh, that he said. Or somebody he relayed to somebody say defense, and then they did that, and then as a result, they kicked off at the start of both halves. Like I don't know, it, it might have happened once. It might have happened once. I I'm trying to recall it. It's just off the top of my head. But now Mike McCarthy, Jair Alexander, Mano Amano, who's gonna outdumb the other? My goodness, tune in. <laughs> Oh, man. oh, I'm reading about this now. I do think it. I, I do think it might have happened yeah. when he was uh, when he was with the Packers. I'm not sure, but oh, anyway, boy. just get the coin something. toss right. But I would I would defer still if I'm the Chiefs. Like <laughs> well, you always want to yeah, yeah. you always want to go two for one if you can, and that's part of it. But the other part of it is like in the elements. I don't know. Like if I'm not deferring well, all of a sudden, that tells me that maybe I don't have the faith in my run defense that I should because that's going to have to be an area that you're strong. Possibly. Well, you well it is going to have to be an area that you are playing one of your best games because Devon Achan, I, I mean, 
Raheem Mostert might be healthy, might not be healthy. If it does, it, it does help the Dolphins' cause. But I think they're fine with A-Chan as their lead guy because yeah. he, among rookies with a minimum 100 carries, I believe he set the record for yards per carry. And it also, like, wasn't even close. Like, he, he, yeah. he was, like, 7.7, and the next closest guy was at, like, 6.8. It was nearly a full yard better than other rookies who had more than 100 carries and uh, and were on the list of top yards per carries uh, for their first season. Like It kind of stands to reason just draft the track star running back. Like, is it just that simple, NFL? I think that we know it's a copycat league. You're going to see other teams try and replicate what Mike McDaniel has put together. But, like, it's crazy, too, that Raheem Mostert has been awesome. Right. After being a guy who yeah, career can't stay healthy in his career, he's been healthy for the most part. Now he's obviously hurt, but he has had a crazy good year. But I agree with you, regardless of whether he's a, able to play, A-Chan is a pretty good option to fall back on. Uh, that running game is going to be, again, we talk about, oh, Tyreek Hill, you got to watch out for him. If Waddle can play, you got to, the run game is where it all starts, I think, for Miami, because if you can't stop that, then they've got you on your heels for whatever they could throw at you in terms of a deep passing game. And look, it, that's what you do in the cold, right? You, you run the ball most of the time, and the Dolphins are probably going to have to do that uh, and make that the forefront of their offense. So it's going to be imperative for the Chiefs then on offense themselves to get out to a fast start, uh, have it be a two-score game for most of it. So that way Miami feels like they need to catch up and maybe have to rethink, well, are we going to run the ball so much? We do have to maybe come back in this game. Like, that's the game script that you have to dictate very early on. And we haven't seen the Chiefs do that very many times this year. It just, they've been slow starting. They've not gotten a whole lot in the first quarter. They haven't been able to set the tone early for these games. And I, I think they match up well with this team. But they matched up well with the Packers. They matched up well with the the Raiders. It just has not been consistent at all this year. So, I mean, uh, hopefully there's a switch flipped. I mean, uh, that's what we're kind of banking on, right? That they just realize, oh, playoff time, we got to be on our best. Like, it's kind of what uh, the been there, done that sort of uh, mantra is for for this team. We know what we have to do. We have to uh, make sure that all the mistakes are out of the building all of a sudden. And that's... It's a hard thing for teams to do, but Kansas City's been able to do it the last few years, and that's kind of what you're you're banking on at the moment. Yeah, but they haven't had as many issues the last several years either as as it seems that they do right now. Uh, there's always something that you're hoping to improve upon heading into the playoffs, but I mean, it's kind of like you're you're in a burning building in some of these Chiefs games that they've had recently. So I don't know. I I still stand by what I said stand behind the fact that I have called the Dolphins fraudulent when they're playing other real contenders. And I know you can probably point to an example where they beat a good Dallas team or whatever. I still think at the end of the day, they they don't quite have the medal of what I believe a Chiefs team to have. But if the Chiefs lose this game, we've talked about how it's sort of like a, a win-win if you really want to look on the optimistic side and say if the Chiefs lose this game, it's because they're lacking something that inevitably they'll have to reckon with even more strongly than they would already and go yeah. out and get that thing, whether it's a, a, a wide receiver, which it is, but also like, do you look at the coaching staff and say, all right, whether it's firing somebody or bringing in something that we, we didn't have this time, 
someone that could be the Eric Bieniemy that maybe doesn't exist on this staff anymore, and you haven't had that level of accountability that that you maybe need from from your assistant group. I'm not like it's it's fruitless to point fingers because we're not in the building and we don't really know, but we do know that something ain't right, right? It hasn't looked right the way that it has in previous years, and so they're going to have to reckon with that anyway. But if they lose this game, if they if the Super Bowl champions then go to first round exit at their home home field like that's going to force you into some uncomfortable thought processes about what just happened in this season for a team that should be right in the middle of its window still yeah and i mean it's not just go and draft another guy because that's what the chiefs have done the last couple of years they they have drafted a guy each of the last couple of years in and, the and second one was round. right one was wrong right they got yeah. one right they got one You're wrong not always rice, gonna hit rice the draft. Is correct right but they need more it takes more than just rice and kelsey and Especially even then, at Kelsey's age. R- Rice did more than I think you can expect a rookie wide receiver to do most of the time also. And hmm. so, like, it's... Interesting. Uh, like, I... What are his numbers? Because I don't know if I, that's a fair... If you want to look at hypothesis. rookie numbers uh, in, in the NFL this year, according to this class, because I, I look at guys like, you know, Quentin Johnston. He hadn't really... Well, he's a bust. Just, yeah, I mean, he's a total bust. He's just done. I, like, he's not going to be anything. He's Sky Moore of this draft class, but he had more draft capital. Like, is that, I mean, you know, I, I just, and they're not the same style of player. Quentin Johnston's supposed to be that that downfield threat, go up and get, get the contested catch. He just has not, he can't catch the ball. I mean, that, it's a problem if you're supposed to be that contested catch guy and you just can't catch the football. So I, I don't have hope for him at all. Um, he could maybe prove me wrong. But, yeah, he feels like a bust. But, like, okay, 79 catches, 930 yards, and seven touchdowns. Yeah, that's probably pretty favorable among rookies, Andy. Like, what uh, especially did for a guy Flowers that, have this year? That's maybe another yeah. guy that I look at as, like, probably had a strong rookie season for I'll Baltimore. bet he didn't have as many touchdowns as Rasheed Rice, yeah. just off the top of my head. He probably had um, 77 catches, about the same, 858 yards, less, and five touchdowns. So fewer. So yeah, Rasheed Rice across the board. So I would say that he absolutely has exceeded expectations um, because, unfortunately, part of what had set the baseline for our expectations of a second-round wide receiver in Kansas City was Sky Moore, and he did nothing in in his rookie year. And Rasheed Rice is shown already that he's a dude, and that's with. So like I'm coming around to your statement, Andy. Uh, like of the rookies drafted, and it was a very like highly touted rookie wide receiver class. Remember all of those that went in a row in the first round? Like It was crazy. Rasheed Rice, though, might be the steal of the draft because of where he was taken in the production that he's he's already put together while not even playing a full allotment of snaps the first half of the season. You know, like that's another. So like Puka Nakua, I guess I guess I should recognize. Okay, he's the steal of the draft. Yeah, uh, because he broke every, shattered every rookie record. Yeah, Yeah, sure. So, like, Jackson Smith and Jigba was drafted highly in that first round, mm-hmm. and I yeah. understand that there was a pecking order in Seattle where he had to, to play alongside Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, but I, the numbers are better for, for Rasheed Rice. I'm not, I don't even have to look him up to know that. Um, you know, Jordan Addison was another first-round guy who was great, mm-hmm. but I, I'd be interested to see kind of what the numbers are between him and, and Rasheed Rice. Rice did some incredible work this year. Yeah, even even beating out Jordan Addison, 79-11 um, were the numbers for for Addison, he did have more touchdowns, ten to seven. But Rice got him on receptions and yards, like that. He, he the Chiefs hit on Rasheed Rice, and they can feel really good about that. But, but it, the, it's going to take more. I think, the, yeah, the point is, like, you can hit on another guy in the draft, and 
you'll probably get some good production, but I don't know if it's going to – it's not going to solve your problem. You're not going to get a true number one for 2024 out of the draft. I probably think you, not where they're drafting, too, well, right? Certainly like, not, yeah. And so you go and you go somewhere else. You trade for somebody. You get a free agent. Like it's There has to be a whole concerted effort to – to almost overhaul that position. you got to make the decision on Kadarius Tony. Is he actually going to be part of this, or do we need to cut ties? Uh, same with MVS. Like, you can do that, right? You can say goodbye to MVS this year, I believe. Um, and, and then other guys like that, like Richie I've, James. I've already only said a, goodbye to MVS. Only, only a one – well, yeah. <laughs> and I'm talking Mentally. about the contract, but, I mean, yes. it, but but one-year deal for Richie James, is he back? Nicole Hardman, rental, essentially. Like, you yeah. could completely get – a bunch of different new guys just say, screw it, this didn't work, get a whole bunch of different new guys in there, keep Rice, uh, but just get everybody else changed out and try again. That might be what they have to do. It could be. Um, you know what could be fun, though? What, what? Like, if the Chiefs if the Chiefs lose this game, their draft pick would be what? It would be, like, in the late teens, It would be maybe somewhere even? between 18 and uh, 24. I think is what it would be. 19 and 24 is what they would be. Uh, anywhere is it based in that on range. records? It, like, it, it, does it go by seed at that so point? So once, you, in once you lose in that round, yeah. the six teams that lose this weekend, yes, it will go by record, and I believe the tiebreakers are Tie like our strength place. of yeah. schedule uh, from your from your opponents, how they all did, okay. and that's the tiebreaker. So the Chiefs being 10, what were they? They were 11, 11 and 6. And six. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you expect teams like the Texans to lose this weekend, Pittsburgh, um, and then down the list, Green Bay probably going to lose. Uh, yeah, so Tampa Bay nine the, and eight. So like, it won't quite they'll work be in out. The, they'll be in the early to mid, low to mid twenties is what it would if they be. lose. Yeah, and I'm looking at mock drafts. I see one where Brock Bowers is going fifteen, but uh, wouldn't that be? Yeah, wouldn't that be nice? Brock Bowers. Well, Travis did Kelsey that? did say today that he does not think about retiring. He wants to play a lot longer. So, I mean. Okay. But what did the Rams do when they had Cooper Cup? They drafted Cooper Cup Jr. in Puka Nakua. You and that helped. Yeah. Bring sure. Brock Bowers and try to guard uh, an offense with Patrick Mahomes, Brock Bowers, and Travis Kelsey at the same time. Boy. That would be a lot of fun. Boy. But I think it'll be, he'll probably be drafted before the Chiefs get their crack at him. But there'll be some, there'll be some wide receivers. But I agree with you that, like, the big guns that we like from the class are probably going to be gone. Guys like Malik, Malik Neighbors, and we know Marvin Harrison's now declared, uh, but even Roma Dunze, like you're you're probably not getting any of those guys where the Chiefs tend to draft. So I agree with you. Yeah. Buck up, buck up and pay somebody in free agency. You just gotta you gotta put the money on the table and do it. You know? Just do that. Whether it's and then T. Higgins or you know, whoever it is. Wait till next year. Figure it out. When uh when you know Uther Burden is is on the board. Dude, Luther Burden's got after what Mizzou's about to do. Luther Burden's going top ten, so I don't think. Okay, all right, uh, then he won't fall him. for you. Okay, all right, uh, that's very fair. Let's go. Very fair. It's M five. KTGR, give us a call or a text. Who you got, Chiefs or Dolphins this weekend? We'll talk more about that. But up next, Cardinals caravans coming up this weekend too. Always fun. Lars Newt Bar coming to town. Going to be in Jefferson City in Columbia. And here to join us next for a preview of that and also a bit of a preview of the Cardinals season. The voice of the Cardinals, John Rooney, will join us over the phone next year on The Big Show, KTGR. You're listening to The Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com.
We're back on the big show, KTGR, KTGR.com, and the KTGR app with Andy and Brendan here. It is almost time for the Cardinals Caravan. We look forward to it every single year. And once again, they are making a stop in mid-Missouri. They'll be in Jefferson City on Friday night at the Missouri Farm Bureau Center. And at the Mizzou game this year, the Mizzou Men's Hoops game on Saturday afternoon, they'll be at Mizzou Arena uh, before the start of that game, uh, telling you all about the start of the Cardinals season. And we're very pleased. Pleased to be joined by the voice of the Cardinals, John Rooney, here on the KTGR Hotline to preview all things Cardinals Caravan. John, uh, appreciate you taking the time. I'm sure you're just as excited as we are about this event. Well, I'm ready to go. When we get to the Caravan and the winter warm-up, that means it's baseball season right around the corner. And really, just over a month, the pitchers and catchers report, and the first full workout is on Valentine's Day down in Jupiter. And then we'll be doing games that last Saturday in February and carry right on through, hopefully, deep into October. Yeah, it's it's going to come on strong very quickly. And, you know, it's it's a great way to kind of get excited for the season with all the players, you know, uh, getting back together very soon. Uh, I wonder what intrigues you maybe the most about uh, what we might see at the at the very start for the Cardinals in 2024. Well, to have the whole team together at the start of the season, I think, is important because they didn't play much together because of the World Baseball Classic. And I think that really took a toll on Miles Michaelis, who didn't pitch much at all for the uh, Team USA. And it seemed like it took him most of April to go through spring training again. And by then, he had a very high ERA and later settled in. And we saw the Miles Michaelis that made the All-Star team the year before. But to have him healthy and ready to go and to have the additions uh, the Cardinals were able to make from the trade deadline to take a look at those young players and certainly to have Sonny Gray in the rotation along with Gibson and Lance Lynn, uh, I think those moves are going to give the Cardinals a lot of innings that will help them line up their bullpen and then keep them uh, in the game until late in the game and win a lot more than they did last year. Voice of the Cardinals, John Rooney, joining us here on the big show, KTGR and KTGR.com is the upcoming Cardinals Caravan is uh, this weekend and Friday in Jefferson City and on Saturday afternoon in Columbia. Uh, John, I, I'm wondering about some of these uh, these these younger guys that uh, that will get maybe more of a chance to uh, be in the lineup a little bit more. Guys like Jordan Walker and, and Mason Wynn, who got really their first taste of Major League Baseball last season. Uh, I wonder your thoughts on some of them and uh, uh what you think their opportunity might uh, hold for them in 2024? Well, I thought that was so important to get them up to the big league level last year. And yes, it was a bit of a struggle for Mason Wynn going to triple a, but once he got going, he had a really good finish at Memphis and then he struggled a little bit with the Cardinals, but I thought he had a, a real nice finish the last week to 10 days. So for Wynn and for Walker, this won't be a surprise when we open up in Los Angeles against the Dodgers and then play the Padres and then come back home for our home opener. They will have been in the big league ballpark. They would have seen all the stands filled, which is a major difference from what they experienced in the minor leagues. And they've seen that big league pitching. So I think that was key to get them as many bats as they possibly could. Of course, Walker had more and he had a short time at the minor leagues last year because uh, he, he needed some fine-tuning. And they gave him some things to work on to fine-tune even more. And I think the same was uh, done to Mason Wynn. But Wynn can definitely play shortstop. Walker's working on his outfield play to improve. And uh, I remember when uh, Kyle Schwarber first went to the outfield for the Cubs, 
It wasn't pretty. And he's made himself into a serviceable outfielder and won a bat for the Philadelphia Phillies now. And I, I think that will happen for Walker. He's coachable, and uh, Willie McGee has worked really long and hard with him. And the work they'll put in down in Jupiter will really pay off. And I think the Cardinals have a star on their hands in Walker. And, John, certainly one thing we know about Walker is he does have a good outfield arm. I'm curious, in the rest of the outfield, how maybe you view Tommy Edmond and his role in center field with the job that he did last year. How do you think that might pan out for this season with it sounding like the Cardinals are looking at him to be the guy potentially in center field? Yeah, I believe so. And I like him in center field. Put him out there and keep him out there. And he does a nice job at second base. He's versatile. He's a baseball player, and that's something we observe. The same thing we can say for Brendan Donovan. There's another guy who just goes out there and plays the game and does so many things right. Well, Donovan can fill in a lot of those spots in the infield uh, that need uh, filling, with Gorman uh, needing some time at second, and the same for Arenado over at third base. And, and Donovan can also play a little bit of first base if he had to. Of course, that may fall on Alec Burleson to fill in in that role. We'll see how that plays out if he makes the roster. But I just think Tommy Edmond in center field was so good and at many times made spectacular gold glove plays. And if his wrist is in good shape and he could start the season on time and they expect him to, and I certainly hope he can when the Cardinals open in LA that Tommy Edmond will be the center fielder. And that's good news for the pitchers because he can cover a lot of ground. And, John, you alluded a little bit to the pitching, but Sonny Gray obviously brought in to stabilize the top of the rotation. But what do you think about the moves to bring in veteran guys in Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson, to sort of give the Cardinals some stability toward the back half of their rotation, a spot that they didn't really have last season, and, and it probably did come back to bite them in the way the final standings played out? Well, the way it worked out early in the season, uh, the bullpen had to work way too many innings. And I think that was something that John Mazalak and his staff had in mind to go for pitchers like Lynn and Gibson and certainly with Sonny Gray, who uh, was, uh, I guess, runner-up for the Cy Young Award over in the American League. And we've certainly seen the best of Sonny Gray facing him when he was with the Cincinnati Reds. And we're really glad he's on board. He was one of the pitchers the Cardinals really wanted, and they were able to bring in. But the other two, I, I think Gibson will give the Cardinals uh, a great effort. He lives in St. Louis, and he's going to be great in the community. He already is. And Lance Lynn, I believe, has something to prove. He's been working hard to get in better condition, and, and I don't want to see him as skinny as he was a few years ago when he could hardly break 90 miles an hour with a fastball. But this guy, when he is dedicated, and I, I think he has something to prove, that it wouldn't surprise me he has a really good year in the lower part of the rotation. So I like those moves. John Rooney, the voice of the Cardinals, joining us here on the big show, KTGR and KTGR.com. Getting set for uh, the Cardinals caravan this weekend. Uh, I, I got to say, uh, John, just uh, about this event, I, it seems that this event was certainly made for a guy like Lars Newtbar with the, the big personality that he's got. I'm sure he's going to be you know, great with the kids. We'll get autographs and everything like that. But what gets you excited about you know, the, the group that you'll be with, uh, with Newtbar, uh, as well as Matthew Libertor and John King and Michael Ciani? Well, Michael Ciani came over from the Reds and played a little bit late in the season. He's an outfielder who has had time with the Reds and the Cardinals. He wasn't able to get a hit for the Cardinals in very limited playing time, but the guy does have some pop, and he's a good outfielder. So he'll definitely give the Cardinals depth in the outfield as they've made some moves to move some outfielders. 
Palacios most recently to Tampa Bay. And, of course, uh, O'Neill was traded to the Boston Red Sox. But Lars Newtbar is a huge personality. He plays the game all out. And uh, he is just a, a guy who is big in the clubhouse because he brings so much energy. And he has a good time playing baseball. That, uh, that particular role, uh, you take that onto the field, and uh, I'm looking for good things out of Lars Newtbar. Keep him healthy and in the lineup is another big key because he spent a couple of stints on the injured list last year. But to have a lot of those guys healthy, that's going to be important, including Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt. But with Libertor, he was used a little bit out of the bullpen to see what he could do in facing a couple of left-handed batters with a right-handed hitter or two mixed in between. And I think the results were pretty good, even though I think long run, in the long run, they'd like to see him as a starting pitcher. But uh, I really liked what I saw from him. And the Cardinals have John King. King had a 1.45 ERA and a 1-0 record in 20 games with the Cardinals after coming over from Texas. He was part of uh, the deal that sent Montgomery and Stratton to the Texas Rangers. And then we got some pretty good young players like uh, Sejaci, uh, who's a terrific hitter, the double-A player of the year last year uh, as far as position players go. And there were some uh, pretty good young arms they acquired. We'll see how they come along in the minor leagues. And we're going to uh, see a few of those young pitchers the Cardinals got in trades and players in spring training because we'll uh, have plenty of at-bats with no World Baseball Classic this year. Uh, those at-bats will be uh, very important for young players like that to show Oliver Marmel and John Mosellock and everybody what they can do. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting uh, coming up, and uh, always a great time to to warm up before the season and get the Cardinals caravan back in town. Again, uh, all the details at KTGR.com, but they'll be there on Friday at 6 o'clock at the Missouri Farm Bureau building in Jefferson City, and then Saturday at 1 o'clock right before the Mizzou men's hoops game at Mizzou Arena. You do need a ticket for that Saturday event, so go get all the details on how to get those at KTGR.com. Great to be uh, visiting here with the voice of the Cardinals, John Rooney. Uh, John, thanks so much for taking the time. Uh, Safe travels throughout uh, the Cardinals caravan all this weekend, and we'll look forward to seeing you here in mid-Missouri. Yeah, I'm looking forward to coming to Columbia and uh, to Jefferson City. We're in Hannibal uh, when we get started uh, on our first stop. But the caravans are always so important to get out to see those fans who can't make it into St. Louis for the winter warm-up and to give them some ticket opportunities, and uh, they have some really good packages. And we thank Missouri Farm Bureau Insurance for being our title sponsor and making this entire caravan possible. So thanks, guys, for all you do for us on the Cardinal Network. What you do, I can't uh, measure the importance of the word you get out there every day about Cardinal baseball on the Cardinal Network. And from Mike Claiborne, Jim Jackson, uh, Ricky Horton, and for me, uh, thank you very much. You guys do a great job. I appreciate you so much, John. Thanks again for for visiting with us, and we'll, we'll hope to talk soon. Anytime. Take care. Big show's on at 540 KTGR and KTGR.com. What a guy. He's, he's such a nice guy, John Rooney. Oh, John yeah. Rooney's the best, yeah. 100%. Yeah, big time. So uh, you'll get to see him and Lars Newtbar, Michael Ciani, John King, and Matthew Liberatore during Cardinals Caravan in Jefferson City and Columbia. Again, get all the details at KTGR.com. And by the way, yes, we do have access to weather forecasts. We know that it might be a little bit dicey in mid-Missouri over the next couple of days. But, again, we don't know of any changes to the schedule yet. When we do, we will let you know. So uh, be staying tuned on that. But, again, all the details at KTGR.com. Our picks of the week. 
are coming up next as we try to dip our toe into more college hoops and the NFL wildcard weekend. That's after this live local sports center. You're listening to the Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. Closing out today's show, KTGR, KTGR.com, and the KTGR app with our picks of the week. Brendan and Andy, we are going head-to-head here. Producer Chris not being here. We'll just have to take the scraps after we make our picks uh, in just a few moments. That always seems to go poorly for him, yeah. which I'm not too upset about. Yeah. Given uh, I, I like being in first place, so and you are in first place for the season. We have gone through a hundred games now. Each one of us, we've made 100 picks to this point. And uh, well, you've gotten 52 right. Chris has gotten 44 right, and I've gotten 39 right. So uh, that's the pecking order. We all went three and two last week, though. Not the, the first time we've all had the same record, I believe, for the the week. So, I think so. Um, yeah. Again, a winning record as well, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I mean we all did good. well. Did, did pretty fairly uh, okay. And so now, who goes first? Do you do you? Good do do grief! I, like, you go ahead. I okay, fine. All right. A three-way tie. Producer Chris is going to pop in like the Kool-Aid man and yeah. say, "Hey, it's me." Like, no, no. just you go, and then okay, I, fine. Right. I'll take my turn. Well, here are the college basketball games that we will pick from. Tennessee at Georgia, Syracuse at North Carolina, Northwestern at Wisconsin, Vanderbilt at Ole Miss, Kentucky at Texas A&M, Oklahoma at Kansas, Arkansas at Florida, LSU at Auburn, Alabama at Mississippi State, and South Carolina at Mizzou. And then, of course, the NFL wildcard games, all six of them are on the sheet as well. You know and I'm and I'm going to assume Ken Palm projections here since no point spreads. Yes, we do not have point spreads yet for basketball. So yes, we went with the Ken Palm projections, which could meet, mean uh, some pushes because they don't put hooks on there. So correct, that's fine. Yeah, but uh, fine. but yeah, for now we'll get what we what we have with Ken Palm projections. All right, I'll go first. You should be licking your chops then for all the chances to push. You love I, pushes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> try to build that total up and catch Chris. Um, I'll go ahead and take the Chiefs. Minus four and a half. Ooh. I just think they Buddy. I think they can do it. I think they can I guess have we a didn't solid... do who you got. We never no, said we who we had. I guess so. we never did. I guess you have the Chiefs. Chiefs win 27-17. Okay. It's my pick. And you're taking the Chiefs. I am going to say Chiefs win 24-20. So I'm... You on the not Dolphins' the, side, uh, okay, all right. but we'll see if I end up taking them at all with one of my options here. But you're taking the Chiefs right off the top. Uh, Mizzou basketball, by the way, is a minus one, according to Ken Palm, against South Carolina. So that's interesting, to say the least. Um, I'm not touching that for right now either. Man, it would make you so mad if I took the Texans and the points, wouldn't it? Would it? I don't Are you know. going to do I, it? I don't know. I might want. I might wait around and defer to you as the Texans fan just to give you the opportunity. So instead, I will take the Bills because I don't think the Steelers keep it close no matter who they play this weekend. Bills minus 10, massive number. Don't care. Give me Buffalo. Wow. All right. Doing our picks of the week here on the Big Show, KTGR and KTGR.com. I'm going to go to college basketball for my next one. Tennessee lost last night to Mississippi State by by five points, I believe. That's a kind tough, of crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a tough Mississippi State team. They've been playing well. Um, 
I think Tennessee goes back to the upswing. They've been kind of a streaky team this year a little bit. They've they've struggled with a few opponents that maybe they shouldn't have struck, like didn't win it by as much. But yeah. I I think they're they kick back into gear this weekend. They're at Georgia. They're minus seven on the Kempom projection. It seems like a lot to maybe cover there, but they obliterated so. Ole Miss last week uh, by like 30 points nearly. I think Tennessee handles Georgia pretty well on the road. Give me Tennessee minus seven. Yeah, I think that's right. I think Georgia beating Missouri was more a result of Missouri giving away the game down the stretch more yeah. than anything. So that doesn't scare me. I, I like your pick there. Oh, boy. Ole Miss does play at home against Vanderbilt. But Vandy is one of those teams that could kind of keep it too close. I'm thinking Ole Miss minus 12, but I'm going to hold off for now and head back to the NFL and take another huge favorite. Give me my Cowboys. Hmm. I, I, I'm i a little scared about this one because they are minus seven against the Packers. But if that offense gets going and if the defense even sniffs their capabilities, Cowboys will win by double digits. So I'll, I'll take them by a touchdown. Why not? All right. Round three now. Well, several different places I could go. I, I'm going to take Florida minus seven. They're home against Arkansas. This is mainly an Arkansas take. I just don't think they're good. I, I'm gonna they're say not, that, and that's yeah. enjoyable for yeah. us because so I, we don't I'll, have a lot going on here. I'll go ahead and so. pick them. I'll go ahead and not pick them. I'll pick against them and take Florida okay. minus seven. Tough place to go and play. I think Florida wins that game by ten. Yeah, I don't I don't dislike that one at all. Oh, boy. Um it would have been more fun to pick against KU if they were on the road, but they happen to be at home. They, yeah, they lost I, I'm to staying Central away from Florida, that. though, right? I, you go ahead and take that if you want. I, no, I'm staying I, away. I'm just remarking about it, but they did lose to UCF. They, just, I, I believe they didn't. That was last night. They yeah. lost to uh, to Central Florida. So, unfortunately, I can't pick against KU because they'll probably have a bounce back. I'm certainly not going to pick for them. Um. This is tricky. I, I, SEC basketball right now is a little scary for me, Andy, so I'm going to kind of keep leaning toward the NFL. Oh, okay. I give you plenty of chances. I'm going to take the Texans and the points. I think Good. if the Texans... I don't know. I don't know if it's happening this week. I'm just saying. <laughs> Look, I, just, yeah. I actually don't I'm going to be happy it. for I, you if it does, but yeah. Yeah. I think the Browns could win this game. Joe Flacco magic. But it's one of those things where it could come down to a field goal. If it's 21-20 Browns, Something crazy like that, I'll I'll win on the points because the Texans are getting two. So give me Texas plus two. I'll be the I'll be the resident Texan for this one. Okay, uh, this is one that I know you're not taking, but I'm if gonna... you're taking the Rams, it's not crazy. I'm that's what I'm doing. I'm taking yeah, the Rams. A, like, I'm, I almost I'm did it them. actually, but yeah. I think it's a great pick. It's going to be a close game. Uh, it comes down to who can stop the run the best. I think that's kind of the underrated part of this. I, I actually think the Ooh, run game I like that. will be fairly important for a game like this. So give me yeah, uh, the Yeah, because both pass games are going to be great, you yeah. figure. So that's interesting. And, I again, I don't think that's crazy at all. Um, all right, so you get the Rams. I, I'm, I'm not sure I'm going to take the Lions. I don't like the number. If it was more of a pick em, I think I think I'd take my Lions. But uh, at minus three, I don't think I want to fade you there. Do I dare pick against the Eagles? Buccaneers are three-point underdog at home. Uh, no, I don't. Eagles are going to find a way. Give me Eagles minus three. Yeah. And it just feels like one of those spots where if you weren't you put going up to or take them, up. then I probably was yeah. going to. It's just the way this – it's eerie, right? Just it feels eerie. 
Um, you figure that would be a, a heavier spread. I think the market is overcorrected, and the Eagles are going to hear a lot of the hate they're getting. A lot of the people that say they might lose, like we've said all week, I'm going the other way on it. Give me Eagles minus three. Okay, well, I don't much like any of the other sides in the NFL, so I'm going to have to pick a college game here for my last one. Doing our picks of the week here on the Big Show, KTGR. It's almost kind of shot in the dark territory for me because, again, as you mentioned, it's so like, tough, start dude. a conference play, yeah. I have no freaking clue. Uh, <laughs> but you know Mizzou's what? Mizzou's out there. Mizzou's out there. Mizzou is out there. But you Mizzou know what? I'm going to take a team that not that just got a big upset win earlier this week, and they might be primed for another at home. They're getting two points. Give me Mississippi State against Alabama at home. I'll take Ooh, that. Only getting two points, though. That is, yeah. we're going to find out about this Mississippi State team in I this think game. So. I think so. Because this Alabama team but they did still well no in the joke. transfer portal, and I think, yes, they, they did. I think they're primed for it. All right, your last All right, pick. here's the deal. Here's the deal. I don't know what Ken Palm sees in them. I really don't. But they've got Mizzou as a one-point win over South Carolina, according to your notes here, Andy. Yep. And so it's Mizzou minus one. If Mizzou doesn't beat South Carolina... We could be talking about a last place finish in the SEC. It's to the point that I would predict it. I would say it would be my expectation. Mizzou, at home, show me something. I'm taking the Tigers. I'm going to have a little faith. I loved what I saw from Noah Carter against Kentucky. Get that guy a little bit of help. Others need to step up. Mizzou's going to win the game. It's basically a pick because it's minus one. Tigers, please win. I'm, I'm backing you in this one. Give me the Tigers. I mean, I'm I'm kind of with you. Like I, I was not gonna pick them this week because I need them to show me, um, and show me. Stand, I need them to show me, and I've got a little bit of a cushion in the the picks of the week standing. So I'm gonna so use you're gonna it take and say the, you're gonna take the uh, show the shot me. There. Here's here's the backing that you need. Go get it done. Get that first conference dub. Hey, we'll see. They tip off at uh, two thirty. On uh, on Saturday. Before that, you can attend the game and see the Cardinals caravan. Go get all the details at KTGR.com. Thanks to John Rooney, the voice of the Cardinals, for talking Cardinals caravan with us. And Brad Trinago of Mizzou Women's Basketball for joining us earlier in the show as well. That comes on at 645 later on tonight. Reminder, no show tomorrow. We'll see you on Monday to talk all things Chiefs Dolphins. Get you set for the NFL Divisional Round and talk some Mizzou men's basketball as well. He's Brendan. I'm Andy. Have a great weekend. We're done for now.